We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kearney. First off, hope everyone is doing okay and staying safe. Our guest today is Fabrizio Picaretta, current under-17 coach at Roma. Former assistant coach at Sunderland and Swindon Town, UEFA Pro license holder. You are going to love this one. Absolutely brilliant insight. Let me know what you think. At Gary Kernin on Instagram, at Gary Kernin on Twitter. This podcast is brought to you by Bounce Athletics. Stay tuned for a special offer on custom training balls and Dynamo goals for podcast listeners. If you're looking for some reading, some content, we've opened up Modern Soccer Coach community platform. We've also uploaded a lot of stuff on the modernsoccercoach.com website. Please go ahead and check it out. Here is Fabrizio. Enjoy. Fabrizio, thanks so much for joining me today on the Modern Soccer Coach podcast. Really excited to have you on. Thank you for the invite and uh, looking forward to have a chat with you. Yeah, we've we've had quite a few guests on the podcast. We've never done, uh, we've never had an Italian coach on. So you're the first one. And the question that I wanted to ask was, when I was growing up, there was two sides to the Italian game. There was the the ultra defensive, gentile side of it. Serie A was always a hard league to score in. A lot of English strikers went over there and couldn't score. Uh, and then there's this. Italian playmaker, the Baggios, the Zola, the Mancinis, uh, the Totties of the world. I was wondering which part of the Italian culture were you drawn towards when you were growing up in the game? Uh, I'm 55, so uh, you can easily understand that i grown up uh, in the 70s, 80s. My football um, roots, you know, are back in at that time. And... Uh, it was a time where uh, Italian football style was well renowned to be uh, defensive, uh, a strong defensive identity. Uh, catenaccio, you know, is a famous word that describes very well that kind of football based on man, strong man marking, deep defensive blocks, uh, counter attack. Uh, and if you think that at the time in my playing uh, years, I was a number 10. You can understand that I didn't enjoy uh, too too much that kind of football. Of course, then there there is also the other side of the coin, which is players like Baggio, Zola, Mancini. You know, we are talking about big big talents, and uh, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a paradox, you know, between the two the two side of football. Uh, in my in my playing time, as I said, uh, I didn't enjoy it that much. So when I start to coach, I always think, thought that uh, I would like to um, my players to enjoy more football, uh, which means you know when you start to play football when you're a kid, uh, you don't think about chasing people around the pitch. You 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 want to have the ball because it's it's, it's 
is the is why we play we start to play football uh, and i think if you can uh, recreate this in the player's mind so and you can make it like a, a football style then you can uh, you can have uh, more enjoyment when i talk about enjoyment i don't mean to have fun you know i i, I mean more something more inside you know enjoyment to play to run to even to defend but when you know that as a player you can have the ball most of the time then you are more you more uh, will to to defend and to run when you don't have the ball um, this is has been always the key of my coaching style and my coaching uh, philosophy um, uh, i don't think i don't think now italian football can be uh, can have as again the same the same uh, tag you know the same uh, trademark football has, has changed also in italy and uh, if you if you talk about coaches like uh, sarri um, even the young coaches like the zerbi in italy gattuso itself himself uh, even if it was a totally different kind of player as a coach he likes to 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 give to his to its team to his team this kind of uh, identity more possession based football uh, so i'm happy that even in italy we 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 change our our style to a more uh, possession based football yeah it's a uh... Italian football has got a great reputation around the world as on a tactical level and I saw the, the quote from Mourinho he called Italy the most difficult country that tactically he had worked in and then Rui Faria has the video where he said in the same moment your opponent was adapting to you you were adapting to them it was a continuous fight and from a tactical point of view back and forth so I'm I'm fascinated by how Italian football has this I suppose adapting back and forth yeah. but then also has the consistency in the game model how how is how difficult is that to build uh again uh Mourinho experience in Italy uh, goes back to uh, 12, 10 12 years ago and uh, also Mourinho himself uh, I remember once he said that uh, his football style is a is the idea of football is um, and still is, I think. Uh, if you have a Ferrari and I have a, a small car, if I want to win, uh, I can't compete with you, so I have to put sugar in your tank, <laughs> uh, which is basically what he did in his um, Italian time. But I can understand uh, what um, Mourinho and Rui Farias uh, meant because tactics in Italy has always been um, always meant uh, study the opponent and try to adapt to to the opponent try to to play in a way that could could put in trouble the opponents more than create a consistent uh, identity mm -hmm. again this has changed in the last few years in italy um where you can have again players i'm um, sorry coaches like maurizio sarri who are more keen to have an, their own identity uh, and maybe don't have a plan B but just stick to their to their um, football style 
no matter what the opponents can do, which is, you know, I think in football, like in everything, in everything else, you have to have balance. So I, for me, in my point of view, you have to have a, a strong identity. You have to give to your team something that the older players can recognize. Uh, they they can feel part of something. They know what can happen in the in the in, during the game. But this doesn't mean that you don't you can't have a, a plan B. Uh, for example, when I was in Finland, I I, uh, I was a coach in in a, at FC Inter Turku is a um, first division um, club. And I always try to give this kind of identity to my team. But uh, we we had the, um, the privilege to play, to reach the fin cup final. And uh, I knew at the time that uh, I, sh I, I, I had to play against a much stronger team than mine. And I have to adapt this just for one game, you know, but the the target was to win that specific game, which was the final, and we win it uh, with a 23% of possession, you know, 23, which is nothing. But in that moment, in that specific game, I asked my players to do something completely dif different from what I asked, I asked them to do usually during the league, during the other uh, games. Uh, and this leads to another um, of my coaching pillars if you don't uh, if you are credible to your players and uh, you have um, you can convince them that what you are offering to them what you're asking to them in, in the different moments is uh, is right if you know what i mean mm -hmm. because there is not right or wrong in football but I think that you, if you can have this kind of, um, I, I can what I can say, if you can convince the player, if you can buy in them, you know, yeah. and uh, they can follow you, even if you are asking them something completely different for maybe one one game. And coming back to to the first question, so. Uh, you can um, see tactics like uh, adapting to the opponents or creating your own identity. I think there isn't, again, nothing, no something right or wrong, but you can mix the two things in a, in, in a balanced way. Working with the, the U17s at Roma, how do you prepare them for the pressures of playing at such a big club at that young age group? Hmm. Uh, I am. I have the privilege to work, as you said, in one of the biggest clubs uh, in Europe, and for sure one of the biggest in Italy. And especially in Italy, uh, AS Roma is uh, known to to be one of the clubs that give more players to the first team during the years. So you can understand how big are the expectations of the young players that. Uh, come to play for AS Roma. Uh, I have players from Italy. Mm, most of the players are uh, from Roma, but we have players from a different part of the country and also uh, different players coming from abroad. I have a Swede one Swedish player, one Estonian player, 
uh, African player. So um, everyone comes to S Roma with these big expectations. Uh, and this is, you know, is somewhat easier for me because a player that plays uh, for AS Roma, especially at under 17 level, uh, is there because he wants to play football. He wants to, to make football become his future job. And so they are very um, keen and they are already educated to to train in a certain way, to behave in a certain way. Um, there is the other side of the of the of the of the coin is that um, maybe some of them can lose a bit the enjoyment to play, you know, because these big expectations are um, over them, and uh, sometimes it's not easy. So um, I always try to mix. Um, my coaching style, uh, of course, I want them to understand that this is this can be their future, but also I don't want them to lose their um, enthusiasm and, and the enjoyment to play, like you know, because they're still 16 or 17. Uh, so again, is is easy, much easier to to coach these kind of players than, for example, maybe. Uh, lower leagues players where probably they have lose already this uh, this um, expectation to to play they they lost it you know they have still this uh, sometimes of course uh, I have to release a bit the pressure from them uh, or sometimes when they because it can happen because it's, it's typical from their age uh, maybe sometimes is some someone can mess around a bit I always ask them one question and I said to them, I say to them or to him, uh, listen, if tomorrow you will uh, call up to, to train with the first team, would you, did, would you do the same? Uh, would you behave in the same way? Uh, usually the answer is no. So I tell them, so why you have to behave like this with us? So, and this is a question that mm, always Put them in the right in the right um, um, frame of mind to 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 behave in in a way. Uh, but and then of course uh, the good thing is that uh, here at S Roma we have uh, some guidelines. You know, so um, the club has already its own football identity, which is fortunately for me, which is what I believed. Uh, is the right is the right identity so possession based football try to dominate the game um, not to um, retreat but try always to defend forward so all these uh, tactical um, principles are what I believed uh, in and so this is easy for me because I don't have I didn't have to change my coaching philosophy or football style to to adapt to to this uh, to this environment we'll just take a quick break here coaches if you're looking to raise your club's profile in the local community and give them a professional look this season please check out nfhs and fifa approved custom textured training balls and vests from bounce athletics Fully customized with your logo and color scheme and produced in the same factories as the global brand balls that you're already using. 
Bounce Athletics Trainer Balls feature a textured PU outer with hybrid seamless construction so they look, feel and play like match balls. With only 25 ball minimums, a quick 4 week turnaround and a 2 year warranty, Bounce Athletics can still get you a custom look in time for the spring. Modern Soccer Coach Podcast listeners can get a $50 discount on their first order of custom balls or training vests by mentioning the podcast when they email info at bounceathletics.com to begin the order process. The major differences between Italian football and English football in terms of culture and how they train every day, because we hear a lot about this in England. Uh, I mean, you, you've experienced it firsthand. What are the major differences? This is a tricky question for me because uh, I uh, I have worked in England for three years, two years at Swindon and uh, one year, almost one year at Sunderland. But the whole the whole staff was Italian. Um, our our uh, coaching style, our um, preparation to the games, and um, daily basis activities, daily basic training, were uh, brought from Italy. So I didn't have the um, really the, the the chance to to see how the other teams train, but I can. Um, I, I I knew it from from the other players, the English players, Scottish players, Irish players that we had at Swindon or from the other or or at Sunderland. So talking with them and see how they react to our football, our coaching style, I could understand the difference. So, for example, uh, especially in the first part, in, in you know during the pre-season, uh, where we had the privilege to have. A good weather, so we stopped a lot. The, the The sessions were long, you know, because Paolo wanted to um, talk more with the players about tactics, how to do something, what to do in a certain situation, it, and it was strange for the players, for the English players, because they are more used to start the session, start run, kick, uh, play. Uh, five sides and you know two hours strong um, big intensity 100 percent and then shower uh, so i remember paolo uh, was always uh, telling the players so you don't need to be always 100 percent with your legs you have to uh, be a hundred percent with your head with your brain while maybe in certain moments of the of the session you can be 50%, you can use 50% of your energy, uh, but still 100% here. And this wasn't so uh, so easy to um, to transfer to the players. I remember uh, a big problem we had with them with the Wednesday off because you know you know more than me that uh, united kingdom wednesday is off is holy uh, in a way for for players because they have to they want to do something different and when uh, paolo started to to take off this wednesday but to he he wanted them to to train also wednesday it wasn't it wasn't easy uh, we had a lot of um you know, frictions with the players for this. 
then Paulo was uh, was very good to convince the players that to do this little sacrifice, which was big for them. But then they understood that doing something more instead of doing something less could be beneficial for them. And fortunately for us, then we started to to get results. And you know that when a player see the results and see the benefit for him and for the team, is more um, happy to to follow you, whatever you ask you ask him. But so probably this was the big difference: the um, the intensity of the sessions uh, and uh, this um, Wednesday, which was uh, a problem at the beginning, and it was much more in, uh, in the third year at Sunderland, where the players, you know, big names and uh, maybe uh, big names, they didn't want to really to change their style, their, their habits. And we had much more problems uh, to, to adapt our style to them. There's a, there's a funny video with Paolo talking about ketchup and how that was a problem. And he, he and when he talks about it, you can actually hear that it's it yeah. makes ketchup and mayo. What like was were diet were things in the environment? Were, were you trying to challenge them as well? Yeah, but to be honest, uh, this uh, nutrition problem with the food and and beer, or you know, uh, I don't think. Uh, is only about ketchup or mayo, you know, that was something, you know, for the newspapers that wants and like to to reduce the problem to this. I think that ketchup and mayo are not good for any player, not only for English players or Italian players. I think there is something that you have to follow if you want to be an athlete, if you want to be a proper professional. Uh, to, if you want to be a professional at the top level, you have to follow some rules, some lines, some guidelines, uh, which are food, which are rest, which are uh, self-care. Uh, I remember just a couple of years after we left England, Antonio Conte went to Chelsea and did exactly the same. But um, he did it, but it was... Uh, he, he came with a um, much more, you know, um, uh, reputation probably to be a, a fantastic coach. So uh, everything he did, it was good for from a um, uh, media point of view. When Paolo did the same, because his reputation probably wasn't the same, then everything was uh, seen negatively. So uh, it was a, like a lose-lose situation, but I don't think what we asked them, the, the players, to do was wrong. Probably this this is something that we have to admit, and uh, we can learn from that. From that, is not what you ask the players to do; is the way probably you ask them to do something, uh, which is another pillar of my coaching style whatever um, I I can offer to my players, I can tell them to do. Um, if they don't like me, probably everything I, I, I tell them, I want to sell them 
they didn't they, they they don't like it's like to be a coach some sometimes they like to be a salesman uh, no matter how good can be the product that you want to sell uh, if you if the your client don't like you he, he won't buy what you are uh, what you want to to sell so uh, first i think you have to create a, a connection a link to to your players with your players and then once they they understood that you 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 can sell them something good then they they will accept simple as that in his interviews Paolo is uh he's almost electric he just lights up the room when he goes in and speaks in front of the camera and and i i wanted to see uh get your thoughts on what he was like during the week is this did he ever tone down to go up or where was it just he was himself all the time or, or how was that on a daily basis no i think uh, his uh um, his level was always the same high mm. uh, he he wanted to do everything 100 even you know uh, i remember him in in our office uh, he never he never he was never quiet he was always electric like like you said um is uh, probably his personality uh, and uh, mm, this was heavy sometimes for the whoever mm, work with him because you can feel that that pressure you can feel this pressure on your uh, on yourself but this and sometimes was a bit you know um, sometimes too much uh, in certain moments of the of the season but on the other side he was always pushing to uh, the, um, the people around him to do their best always their best and uh, if you can um, get this in a positive way you 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 improve as a player as a um, staff um, because you are you know that you have to push always to to your limits mm. it's not easy because uh, you have in, in some way you, you don't rest you don't rest but this will take you to uh, to to get what you want and paul was 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 exactly like like this um i remember him phoning at maybe after midnight to to ask a detail from the opponent because i i used to to be to work especially to analyze the opponents and uh, maybe before a game uh, he phoned me in the, uh, at midnight to ask me listen i don't remember this player what what position what is light left foot or right foot so he was very um detailed and uh, he didn't want to um, to leave something you know to the case just to always um, pushing to the limits that that was Paulo and probably this was also what uh, he led what led him to to burn in a way his, uh, his uh, coaching career because now it's it's out since seven years ago because Sunderland was basically was the last uh, uh, job he he had and it burned from two sides like a candle that burned from both sides 
because uh, it was all, uh, too much, too much energy, too much. Uh, but it's been three interesting and fantastic years with him. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I, I mean, when you talk about getting people to their best and pushing people's standards, I think every coach wants to be that person. But like you said, that's that can lead to burnout. I mean, how do you balance that then? Or if that is in your nature or that is in your personality, how do you balance that over the period of 15, 20 years? Yeah, I can speak for, for myself. Uh, I'm, of course, I have a totally different uh, approach um, compared to Paolo's one. And probably this is why we could stay together and work together for three years. Because if if I was like him, probably we we, we fought every, we, every day. Um, I think you have to be passionate. You can't um, lose that because otherwise the players smell, smell it straight away. But you have to have probably um, give yourself time to to relax and to think maybe to something else, not burn your energy, mental energy and physical energy only for football. Otherwise, uh, you will you will burn uh, your brain. Uh, and this is what I usually do because I don't uh, I don't like to think only about football in my in, during my my week my day uh, I, I have also other interests uh, reading you know uh, so you have to to give yourself something a different food not only on not only football this is what I learned during during my uh, coaching career uh, sometimes if you don't think about football and this was problem probably Paulo's problem he thought that if he was thinking something else, he wasn't a good professional. So I remember him, uh, we were doing something else, maybe with the staff, maybe some have some fun watching a movie, but then uh, you could you could see him uh, thinking, thinking about football, you know, and I don't want to repeat the same mistake. And I, and I, I don't do that. I don't do that. We're going to take our second and final break here to tell you about the aluminum folding dynamo goal from Bounce Athletics. The world's most portable and durable small-sided goal, weighing only 19 pounds, takes only five seconds to set up or fold flat. The dynamo goal is utilised by the entire North American soccer spectrum from rec programmes to MLS clubs to create a dynamic small-sided training and game environment. Available in 3x5 and 4x6 size, the dynamo goal requires no staking so it is perfect on all training surfaces. Net customization is also available for those programs looking to create an even more professional training environment. The goals start at only $257 per goal with free shipping and Modern Soccer Coach listeners can get a $50 discount on their order when they use the offer code MODERN, not case sensitive, at checkout. Visit www.dynamogoal.com for more details. Let's talk uh, coach education your document on your pro license was uh i was just going through again last night one of the one of the best reads i just just Thanks. the detail and the perspective uh fantastic so i appreciate you sharing it i wanted to get your thoughts just on the the, the scottish fa have such a such a great reputation with coach education amongst top coaches uh what did you enjoy most about the course 
uh, as you said, uh, Scottish FA, um, I think they had this um, uh, reputation is, is well uh, deserved. Um, taking account that I started to, to do my A license in, in Scotland when I, when I was at Sunderland. And also already I had the, the, the chance, the opportunity to, to understand how, how good is the, is the coaching education in Scotland. And uh, after, after uh, completing my A license, I had the chance to do my pro license um, there. And uh, it's been two years uh, of um, learning, sharing with, uh, with colleagues, talking about other big names. Uh, and I remember we had Kevin Keegan, we had um, uh, Alan Irvine, uh, Howard Wilkinson, big names especially in england and uh walter smith uh, so when you have the chance to talk and to share something with this uh, kind of professionals and names you 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 learn you you drink uh, knowledge every day of your uh, of your life and uh, for me especially especially because i was uh <clears throat> We were just two foreigners in the in, in the pro license course, and one of them left. So I was basically the only foreigner, um, and so for me there was also the mm, language barrier that could create some problems. But Scottish people uh, and Scottish friends helped me a lot uh, in that, and for me it's been a fantastic experience. I learned a lot. And uh, I, I always think about this, those two years, like something that helped me, really helped me in uh, building my um, following years in, in my coaching career. Also, I had the privilege to be invited one year after to, to take a lesson uh, to, to the pro license course, um, or I don't remember if it was pro license or, or it was like a convention of Scottish coaches and uh, I talk about Italian um, defensive um, style it, which really it wasn't the the, the old-fashioned it, uh, Italian defensive style but more I, I spoke more about Maurizio Sarri's uh, philosophy in defending uh, so it, it, again this was a big uh, experience for me to share in front of uh, 60, 70 uh, coaches, Scottish coaches. So if you can imagine coming from Italy and talk to them, uh, it's been something that gave me a lot of satisfaction and uh, I'm happy for that. So um, I remember these two years like uh, fantastic, fantastic uh, journey. Yeah, the one that, one that surprised me in your book was because when I'm reading the book, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture your a profile of you as a coach, and I'm thinking this this really detail orientated coach, and then the one that kind of that you I think you wrote four pages on and how much you loved it was Kevin Keegan, and I thought, oh wow, that surprised me because I wouldn't have thought that you would have loved. Uh, I mean, what what was it about Keegan that that stood out to you? Uh, for first and foremost, uh, he was like. A character you know so um i i take this uh, this um 
Keegan's um, meeting, Keegan's speech to tell something about coaching style. Uh, and basically, this was something uh, lasted, I, I took for the, the whole two years, the whole course. Sometimes, you know, Scottish, you know more than me, the Scottish accent is not easy to, to understand, especially if you're not mm, English. So for me, it was, you know, the, I, I, I struggled double to, to, under, to get something. But uh, I remember that even if some, sometimes I couldn't understand exactly what people, what the, the different speakers said, I remember that was uh, attracted by the style of uh, communication style. So this taught me a lot. Sometimes it's not that important what you what you say, but the way you you communicate, which is something I I I, I drove a lot from that course. I remember the different speakers, and sometimes someone of them was boring. Some uh, you know dull. Some some of them were like Higan, for example. They were so passionate. They were so. Um, keen to communicate and then you you realize that you are you are listening to them but that said Keegan talked a lot about uh, how to rebuild a club from the scratch because he, he talked about his uh, new Newcastle experience Newcastle at the time wasn't the same the big club that uh, they are now and I remember he said that when he came we first came there the first thing he did was to um, repaint the the walls of the the changing rooms because they were, you know, so um, it, it was a bleach a bleach um, a bleach place to to stay to live. Uh, I remember he, he said, uh, "If you want people to to be happy uh, to work, they, you have to create the right environment to, for them to work. Otherwise." If the place is um, broken, and there is, you know, like uh, uh, you, you can't be, you can't give your 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 best. But um, again, I don't remember exactly now some moments, but I can remember uh, the whole um, Keegan speech like something that uh, gave me a lot in uh, in um, in that specific course but not only the, not only him because other i remember alan alan irvine uh, at the time he, he was just finished his uh, job at west bromwich albion and he he spoke a lot about food uh, game preparation and um, but everyone uh, i remember uh, I, I was learning for uh, for everyone and also for my colleagues because you know in that kind of courses you can um, also share and uh, listen to to your colleagues that probably um, maybe at the time some of them were working in in uh, top clubs in Scotland some of them in England because I remember Alec Ney was at uh, Norwich at the time in the Premier League so you can draw from from uh, everyone and if you're humble enough to to listen
Uh, last couple for you. In the first chapter of your reflections, you've got this great phrase that you've said you've got when you were younger. If if you get it too soon, too soon you will lose it. Um, you're referring to the coach education and the knowledge and the information. And often over here, our our American culture, our, our U.S. culture is is basically let's let's get our badges and our licenses as quick as we can so we can get on with the coaching, but you seem to have melded them both together um, in your journey. Has that been the, the focal point? Yeah, I have to say yes, because um, I started to coach uh, 16 years ago or 17 years ago. And uh, like everyone, everyone else, uh, when you start to do something, you would like to, to know everything straight away. And maybe uh, you think that if you know three things, those those three things are w what you, you need. But then you understand that every day you have to learn something different, something new. And uh, this is why I think that if you think you, you have achieved something in, in a short period of time, then probably you will lose it in a short period of time. So because I think that uh, especially now with the, the, this amount of information we can get from the internet, uh, it's easier to think, okay, now I, I, oh, I saw this exercise, this drill on the internet. Uh, I can do that with my players. So mm, I, I do this, I do this, I do this, and that's it. No, I think that you have to, you have to learn, you have to talk, you have to, to listen, you have to practice. Sometimes you have to analyze yourself and this is something I do uh, I, I still have my notes in on in my computer of what I did 16 years ago and of course I I am and now I, I realize that of course something I did in the past I, I will not do it anymore because I think it's not anymore uh, the case to do it so uh, this is why I think that uh, to achieve something maybe takes it costs time. It takes time, but then when you get it after a, a, a hard work, then probably you can keep it. You can hold it for a long time. So um, I don't like the shortcuts in life, if you know what I mean. Mm. And especially in football, shortcuts can lead you to get something soon but then this is not mm, this, they don't grant you to to do to get something in the future and coaching is a diff, is a difficult job to be a coach we have in in the world i don't know how many coaches there are but there are more coaches than the clubs and this is why mm, you have to maybe sometimes it's easy to 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 get in the, the the environment but it is much more difficult to to remain in the job and fortunately now it's already quite many years that i'm in the i'm in this job this i i every day anyway i remember that this doesn't grant me that i will do it i will be in tomorrow so i always try to uh, analyze myself to study more to to look at the others uh, especially at the older ones because another and this is probably my biggest big piece of the advice i want to give uh, to young coaches 
to don't think that those who are in the, the job uh, for a long time can't teach you something. So you, I have, I want to listen to those who are doing this job um, for a long time, because I think that um, old experience don't want, don't doesn't mean old, but means experience. You know, so experience is to do every day something, and the more you do something, the more you 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 know it. And uh, this is what why I I, I I I keep I keep studying, I keep uh, updating, I keep analyzing myself. Yeah, last one for you. Uh, you mentioned there about Paolo keeping players longer and and talking and and uh, one of your presentations you said you. Uh, you lost the interest of the players. I wanted to get your thoughts on the players today. And we, we talk about young people today who have a shorter attention span. And yeah. do you have any personal uh, philosophy or rules that you try to keep presentations to? Or how do you work around that? Uh, I think uh, we can talk about two different um, kind of presentations or um, if you talk to older players, you have to do something. If you talk to young players, you have to do something different. Um, you can't communicate in the same way. If you're talking with the first team players uh, or young players, young players, it's true that they have a, probably a short attention span, but they are more used to listen for a long time because they go to school. So they're more used to. So I prefer to talk more with young players for a long time rather than do it with the first team players. First team players have much less attention span than young players because of what I said. Uh, sometimes we believe this is the opposite. No, I think young players can listen to you more because uh, their habit to, to listen to the, to the teachers in school. Uh, when you're old, old, old so older, older players, 20 minutes probably is enough. But uh, once again, I want to stress this. Uh, no matter how long you keep your players, is the way you communicate with them. Uh, if you are, mm, if the right, if you use the right communication style, you can keep them even longer. Uh, if you are flat, if you are uh, dull, if you are uh, after five minutes, you can see some someone uh, sleeping. You know what I mean. So we have in this probably as Italians we are a bit more um, you know advantage because we used to be more uh, uh, I don't know how to say the the right way, but we can keep attention probably the attention of the of, of people when we talk and especially with the young players I, I used to do twice a week the a meeting a video meeting I use a lot of videos clips which is are something that can keep the attention span high so and then I try to involve them a lot I sometimes I joke with them uh, I, I want them to smile I want them if this is something I want I learned from Jim Fleeting at Scottish FA. I remember 
he started at a license in Scotland. He started every single um, session, you know, in the in the room um, with a small clip. Um, it was like a video, a joke or something where everyone started to laugh. And this was something that, uh, you know, put our mood in a, in a positive in a positive uh, uh, way. And so this was something he, he used to to get the attention of everyone. And this is something I, I keep doing with the, with the players because I think it's the right trick to to keep this attention alive. Brilliant, brilliant. Great way to finish it. Fabrizio, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we can, we can have a chat in the future again. Thanks so much to Fabrizio for his time and his insight there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, we talked about the coach education side of it towards the end and that was almost a textbook outlook on coach philosophy, coaching experience, context not jumping to conclusions understanding how certain things work in one environment that may not work in another uh, i just thought that was brilliant it made you think a lot about you know generalizations and kind of being a bit broad and how you judge things looking from the inside looking from the outside as opposed to looking at the detail inside the environment and i had high hopes of that podcast interview and it definitely delivered so i listened to that a couple of times and yeah, probably the big takeaway from me there was just that piece on the delivery. It, you know, he said, we are like salespeople. If the person, the player does not like the person who's selling, they are not going to buy. And that is so true. And it doesn't matter what the level or what the information it's got to that relationship piece has to be right. Yes. But also how you say something is really, really important. And I think that for me goes into the detail that Fabricio has to we all think we're detail oriented but are we detailed enough to look not just at the information but we're given but how we're given that information and when we're given that information and how we're following up and you can you can tell that there's a real common theme throughout that podcast interview was about the context was about how it's it's not just a, a one style fits all approach his whole career he started the the conversation off about philosophy and he finished it off not about philosophy in terms of approach but more of philosophy and action how he looks at different players at different stages of their career whenever he's he's given the information when he's coaching them today so i thought that was brilliant really really inspiring really really informative we'd like to hear your thoughts on it of course at gary kareen on twitter at gary kareen on instagram really appreciate you listen to the podcast stay safe and i will speak to you very soon goodbye thank you for listening to the modern soccer coach podcast for more coaching topics sessions and resources head on over to coach kernine on facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com